Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey guys, it's Matt here. Before we get going, we just want to thank our episode sponsor, KB Crypto. Do you want to see your money work for you? Featured in Google Finance and Business Insider, KB Crypto is paying weekly profits of up to 15% monthly to those who invest even just one time. There are no hidden fees, an AI-based trading pool, and full access to the company's financials for investors. You can find KB Crypto on YouTube, Instagram, and at kbcrypto.ai. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast episode, Matt and Braden. We're just so honored that you're tuning in each week and that you're with us. And if this is your first time, welcome. Welcome to the tribe. I know it's always growing, and and, uh, we, we love hearing from you. If you have any testimonies even from... Uh, from anything that's come from the podcast, it's pretty cool if you can email out and just let us know. It's just fun to hear and get to know the listeners too. It's really, uh, really a fun thing for us to get to know who's on the other side of, of uh, I guess the the podcast app or the radio or computer, or whatever. It is. I don't think it's radio, but I guess it's on one radio. Station. <laughs> it is on one radio station. On so one, hey, yeah. if you're listening on the radio, we love you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> And if you're on the app, feel free to leave a review too. You you heard that laugh there in the background. That's the laugh of Vian King, and uh, Vian is she's awesome. If you're if you've ever been in, in a church service, you know that laugh. You hear you hear her, and everybody loves Vian. She's a, a amazing a woman. I met uh, Vian. I met you four four and a half years ago, and uh, just like anybody would say, you made an impression right away. And so you were first. You were the first ever Miss Wheelchair Canada. Uh, and that kind of drops a hint to you listeners about her story. She is in a wheelchair, and she'll get into a little bit about how that happened and how infidelity was part of her story and and how her and her, her awesome, gracious, grace-filled uh, husband Vaughn have come through that. 
Um, but she was also Miss Kindness World. She was in the 2021 Woman of Inspiration Award. She was the, she won the Influencer Award for being a woman connected with her community, but having a global reach, a global voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an author. She's a speaker. She's been on uh, lots of lots of different TV shows. She's on YouTube, and so we'll get into that a little bit, uh, just about how you can follow her. But the reason I'm saying that is not just to give her a list of accolades, but to to get you connected and familiar with her because her message is amazing. And so, Vian, we're really happy to have you on today, and just to get to to um, I guess promote your story or give a platform to your for our audience to hear your story. So it's awesome to have you. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk about such a topic that not a lot of people want to talk about. It's uh, it's a privilege. Well, thanks, Vian, for being here with us. And, you know, I think we would love to hear kind of your journey um, as far as, you know, everything that we've talked about, your accolades. It's so amazing. We highly encourage the listeners to go check out her stuff. But we want to get into kind of your life story here a little bit and the background of, you know, what makes up where you are now and, and how God worked through that. So, you know, let's just go back to, you know, how you got engaged and, and everything that occurred around there, moving into marriage, and then even want to share a little bit about um, how you, you um, as far as I understand, had an illness that uh, left you into it in a wheelchair. Right. I'll, I'll just uh, give you a little bit about my personality because, like, you're just listening. You probably can't see me. I'm red hair and freckles, personality to match. My only, you know, my only dream in life was that I would have a good husband and that I could just serve the Lord, like, in anything that I do, right? So that's, that's just my, uh, and I was born and raised in Newfoundland. So uh, the naivety that I carried was, uh, was big. <laughs> yeah. uh, but as I, as I got older and had this desire and passion to serve the Lord, uh, went to Baba College and graduated. And, um, and then that's when I met Vaughn. We, uh, you know, we met and we fell in love and we weren't really dating that long before we were like, oh, you know, we, we really found something that we wanted in each other. And so we got engaged. And uh, it was like, how can I love somebody so quickly? Like, you know, I, I spent uh, a lot of time investing in other relationships that just wasn't going anywhere. How could I find love so quickly, right? Yeah, anyway, yeah. so we, it was a whirlwind romance. We met and nine months later, we were engaged. He had a ring on my finger and he's like, you know, um, I want to marry you. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And a week after he proposed to me, I ended up in the hospital fighting for my life. Wow. Wow. It was literally one week to the day that he proposed. And it was funny because it was on a Sunday morning when, you know, like those days that you, oh, I don't really want to get up and go to church today. Well, these were one of those days that I did not want to miss because I was like going to show off some bling, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, As I started experiencing this pain, I, um, I knew that I had to call somebody to tell what was going on, ended up in the hospital, um, started losing feeling and movement. And I I started to tell them, I told the nurse when I couldn't move my legs, I'm like, nurse, I can't move my legs. And next thing you know, I'm wheeled into an emergency room where every 15 minutes they would come in, check my vitals and, and my reflexes and everything. 15 minutes, it would be less, you know, less. And I'm like, why, why? Like, you know, when someone taps your knee, you're you're supposed to jerk, right? Well, I didn't uh, have any reflexes. And then they had life support ready and waiting. But thankfully, they didn't need the life support. But the doctors did not know if I was going to live or die. Well, how how are you in that moment? Like you've just been engaged and then you're having this pain and your feelings going, going gradually from your legs. How are you feeling emotionally? 
Um, I don't think I was. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds weird. I don't like, well, you know, I, I have a job, I have a car payment. Do I call in sick? Like this is a, a Sunday. Do I work tomorrow? Like, when am I going to get out of here? Like, you know, I know that I'm laying on a hospital bed, not being able to move, but I, it wasn't registering the severity right. or really what it was. Um, and then it was probably a week. Well, first of all, that day it was maybe a half a day, six hours. I was paralyzed from the chest down. Oh, and, wow. and even in that, you're like, what were you feeling? What were you experiencing? I still didn't know. Like, I still didn't know if this was something that I was going to walk away from. And second of all, God does miraculous things. So we're going to pray and we'll be good. We'll be good, you know? Right. And so within half the day, I was paralyzed from the chest down. Then test after test, week, I don't know if there was maybe a week later or two weeks later, uh, when they diagnosed me with transverse myelitis. And now that's um, a virus that attaches to the myelin of your spinal cord that basically your nerves forget what they're supposed to do. So all your body functions, everything like, um, I lost the use of my right arm and hand, like totally. I do have, um, most of my, my hand back, but if you, uh, if you could see me now, you could see that I'm showing fingers that are not able to go up all the way, but that's fine. Um, but my doctor, he came to me, the specialist, and he said, Vian, you have transverse myelitis, and we're going to send you to long-term care, and you're going to need full-time care for the rest of your life, pretty much. They didn't even think I would be independent, let alone walk, be, you know, um, wow. able to function. How old were you when this happened? I was 23. Wow. And so in the midst of all that, when he gave me that diagnosis, my first reaction was actually, yeah, no, that's not going to be me. Mm. And he's like, well, Vian, this is the diagnosis. Prove me wrong, if you will. Um, But also, like, one of the other bigger questions that I had besides all that is, like, do I still have a fiancé? Because, like, this is a game changer. I mean, like, I I wanted to be someone who's going to be able to take care of my husband, let alone not even be able to take care of myself. I didn't know. And so we had that conversation. And... um, well, he did do some soul searching, I, I know. Um, and he went and he consulted with some people like, you know, and at the end of the day, he realized that God gave me to him and we had already made that commitment. And he's like, you know what? We believe that God can do miraculous things and what this has happened to VN now. And I'm not going to say like, okay, God, you can have her back kind of thing. Uh, and so he stayed. Wow. And you see the... I, I get emotional a little bit when I when I when I tell the story, and it's not at all because I carry any shame or 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 uh, any I don't know about guilt as you as you will hear my story because he did stay, and as you hear the story unfold about you know um, me eventually uh, how could I go and be unfaithful to a man who's treated me with nothing but kindness and, and love and, and stuck by my side. But you see, the thing about this whole journey for me is that I think I want people to see that when you're broken and just like Vaughn, like where to begin when we're building again, like it wasn't only about transverse myelitis. It was all the brokenness that I now had to carry. Like I have insecurities coming into now as a person with a disability, yeah. um, 
coupled with now I hate people seeing me in this chair. I did not feel pretty. I can assure you I was not going to be strutting my stuff on a pageant stage. And it was just it, the insecurities kept piling. I didn't know I'd um, articulate my feelings. And Vaughn and I drew farther and farther apart because there was no handbook for this. Like we didn't know how to deal with these things. And even in the process of trying to stay connected, uh, it, it, we just fought a lot because he didn't want to see me crying because he was trying to help me be strong, but I needed to, to feel or express myself. And there was just this, this big disconnect. And so eventually we just started living like roommates and, um, and I know you all know this, like, especially if you're in a marriage or even in relationships, if you're not communicating, if you're not staying connected, there is a void that you need to fill. Yeah. And if it's not filled with your partner or even with the Lord, which is another aspect of even how we were able to be restored is that void will be filled with something. Mm. And, and whether it's pornography or whether from, in my case, I was turning to other people, anybody would listen. But my, my, my thought was, well, you see, I'm in a wheelchair so I can flirt and shamelessly be like whatever. And no one's going to want me because I'm in a wheelchair. Right. right? That's so not the case. Wow. So anyway, that is a whole other story. Please read my book to get all the story of that, of, of those details. But so as we, as, as I came to Vaughn and I said, listen, you know, um, because I had start having a relationship with somebody else as a result of this. And I said, listen, it's, uh, you know, I feel like that we're not communicating and we're not going down a good, good path. And I thought our marriage was over. Um, and in that we tried to have a baby to try to keep our relationship together. Mm. And another long story short, I lost the baby um, it actually tore us further apart to the point where I'm like, we're done. The backstory of that is the night that I had miscarried our baby, the, what I thought was going to bring us together. Yeah. He was on uh, schedule to go on a business trip. Okay. So our, our communication was so disconnected that I am in a hospital miscarrying our baby. Yeah. And we're having a conversation like, uh, do you take the taxi home so that I don't miss my flight or what's happening here? Like wow. that just goes to show like the, the, like our, what our relationship was like. I was just thinking as you're talking, it's interesting how you fall into an affair because there's, there's just a piece of your heart that's not being filled. Like you say, and you're not emotionally connected. The communication isn't there. And then you, you try to stick together by something else rather than dealing with your heart issues and actually dealing with what's going on. You think, well, maybe a baby so can sti stick us together or make us stick together. Maybe this other thing, maybe this other thing can make us stay together. But it's like, if you don't have, ever actually just deal with the heart and the real issues, then it's just going to be another thing. There's going to be another thing that's going to come up and another thing. But if you actually deal with it, you can get to where you guys are now. So that just kind of stood out when you were sharing that part. But uh, I know I cut you off. So you're saying you, you no, go back no, to the hospital. Good. Interrupt me anytime, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but so when that happened and he came back from that business trip, I was left, like when he left, I was left to pick up the pieces on my own. And my like, you know, there's a whole backstory of that. But when he came back, that's when I said, it's over and I'm seeing somebody else. Hmm. And so the words that I heard again, Matt and Brad is that we're going to work on us. Well, he was devastated at first, you know, to find out that I was unfaithful, 
um, and couldn't, you know, it, it was hard for him to understand. And he, we, he went to his parents to, to get away for a few days to think about it. Um, but he said in an interview one time, he said, when I really thought about everything and when I told him about the infidelity and everything like that, he still thought about me and all that I went through wow. and realizing that I'm just somebody that's broken and that, uh, he also realized that where he failed and how he tried to fill voids of, you know, going to like video games and, and not be in that supportive husband that he, that I needed. And so he started to realize his failure that pushed me away. So instead of like blaming me, he said like, let's work on us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say again, like, wow, he stayed. Right. And it was so great, you guys, to hear, you know, God gave you to me. I want to work on us. But hearing the words for the first time was great on the hospital bed. But hearing them again now, after I didn't feel worthy, I didn't, I felt like nothing, right? Like, and yeah. I only wanted to love and serve God. Like, and so I started blaming him, never mind Vaughn and all these things that we had to work through. But hearing, I forgive you after my betrayal and I want to work on us was, was so powerful, but I want to hear my voice. It wasn't enough. Mm. It was not enough. It was it, looking back, right. It's only in the rear view mirror that you realize that these, these things were, were catalysts to helping me be where I am, but it, it had to start there, but it couldn't end there mm. because if he, he could have hung on, only he wouldn't have hung on. Like if I was continuing to be like this harlot who kept going out on him, I assure you that would not have lasted, right? There's only so much you can handle. However, um, it wasn't until I was able to start loving myself. And because I had fallen out of love with Vaughn, I I didn't love myself and I didn't love God or trust him anymore. And so, and that's a whole big part of trust and forgiveness and healing is you got to trust the one that you're following or you won't be able to. Right. And so hearing those words and being able to rebuild again, we did manage to stumble forward and ultimately get through it. However, in order to like push through and navigate through that painful rebuilding process, we had to allow the Lord to move in and work in both of our lives or else this would not have been able to work. And we had to apply the grace available to both of us so that we could experience that this, what we experience today, but it starts with forgiveness for yourself, grace for each other. And there are some practical things that we had to do to move forward. Yeah. I, that is, thanks for sharing all this. And, you know, I kind of want to go back to your mindset because in that moment you shared something pretty heavy, right? Um, for him to hear that and you're feeling a lot of what you're feeling like often I've I've seen this dealing with marriages sometimes is we get to the point where we feel so justified in our actions um, you know well I'm I committed adultery because of this a b c d and it's your fault or it's not my whatever else or it's God's fault or you know the marriage is over and you feel justified in that you feel almost like a um, you're so sure of that mindset and it's really hard to come back from that. Right. So when you heard Vaughn say what he did, 
I guess in that moment, going back there, was there a choice you made to say, oh, wow, okay, you're choosing us. How do I do that? Can I do that too? Like break down your mindset there. Cause I know you could have easily said, it doesn't matter what you say to me right now, we're done. Right. But him saying that, what was your response in that moment so that you had it tomorrow? That is a really, really good question. I'm glad you, um, you acknowledge that because first of all, I want to tell you that I was like that seal caught in the net. If you've ever seen a seal being rescued, um, it's all tangled up in the net and the person coming to rescue it will actually get bitten and, and be really uh, attacked by the seal. And, uh, but the seal doesn't know it's being re- rescued, right? But it mm-hmm. wants to be free. It just doesn't realize it. And so that's what Vaughn did for me. Like, because I, I said to him, I said, like, really, you, you want to work on us? And I was so, I, I didn't even know I wanted to. And like, yeah, he accepted me back, but did I love him right away? No, I had to fall back in love with him again. And I also told him, I said, um, I don't know if I'm even capable of living a faithful wife life. I didn't know. And I said to him, but I'm willing to try. And I, and I even went so far as to say, like, sweetheart, I said, just like the, the freckles, just like trying to get these freckles off my arm. That's how likely the possibility of me changing was. And I didn't know because I had this, I've only known how to fill this void this way. And I didn't know if I was going to, but I said, I'm willing to try. And, and in that, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, he didn't send me away and say, you know, come back when you're cleaned up or come back when you're done. It was, okay, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, the first major thing was um, accepting where I failed, obviously, and uh, having full communication. And now this is not something that uh, I've actually said this from a public stage and people get uncomfortable is, uh, I don't know where my phone is right now, but uh, like I held up my phone and I was like, you know what? I gave him access to all of my social media accounts, all of my passwords. He had full access. And, and I said, I can't promise you that I won't get another message or anything right away in this transition. It doesn't, just because you make a decision, yeah. whatever crap you got flying around, yeah. it's just not going to disappear that easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you want to talk about some uncomfortable conversations. Like it, It's not like, oh, you go over here and deal with your skeletons by yourself. Like I literally opened that door and allowed him to come in there. And so allowing him to see me in this ugliness was just, was awful. And it, and it was gross. And, but I, I I heard a podcast that you guys did and you spoke about, uh, in relation to like pornography and, you know, don't wait six months until you're clean and then tell your spouse or your partner, uh, because they're going to be like, what? And have all the feels and all this kind of stuff. Right. And so allowing Vaughn to be in there with me, there was this one moment where I did get a message that we had to address. And I'm like, you know, honey, I got this. I said, cause I said that I can't promise you, I won't get any other message, but I will promise that I will let you deal with it however you want, whatever, I will let you know. And, uh, and he wanted to respond to this person. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And I'm telling you, there was no colorful words. And at the end of it, he was like, was that too harsh? I'm like, listen, I don't know anybody else who would have even been so gracious, you know, like kindly leave her, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're trying to work on us as I know about you, blah, 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 whatever. So the one thing that I believe that uh, people get wrong, and this is not in judgment. I Listen, uh, it's not me that didn't get it wrong. It's my husband that didn't get it wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> me, I was, I was in full judgment of myself and not once. And when I say not once, I'm telling you, not once did Vaughn call me a bad name or make me feel like a harlot or all those names that you could use for me in those situations. Wow. He never once made me feel bad. And I know that if there are people who are trying to walk with their husband or wife who is caught in uh, pornography or addictions. Like the reason why they run to that is because there's a void missing and they feel judged and condemned. But if you have somebody sitting with you and like, don't take the brokenness, like Vaughn didn't take my brokenness personally against him. Of course it hurt, but he had to be okay with me sharing that and walking with me and he never did throw it in my face and Mm. i think that loving me where i was at without judgment is is like beyond like imaginable because that's not what everybody can do and Mm. it's only and, and this is the piece it's only through your relationship with the lord and allowing him to work in you can you even be can even you can't consider to extend that kind of grace on your own merit. Mm. Mm. You can't, it's yeah. not possible. Yeah. And, and so Vaughn and I will acknowledge that uh, while I worked on me, he worked on him and we then were able to come together. Were there tough conversations? Were there arguments? Were there heated moments? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Mm. But it's, and it's, and it's more than even just having pornography or anything like that in your life. Like even basics of, of fighting, especially now in COVID, yeah. right? And all the things that are happening. Right. Yeah. Like if we can be okay to sit in someone's dysfunction or someone's I'm not okay or someone's different viewpoint than you, if you can be willing to sit in and have these awkward conversations to fight for the beauty on the other side, I promise you, beauty can't come or... Uh, restored relationships can't come without a fight to get through the ugly wow. and being okay to sit in that. So yeah. if, if your spouse or your partner is, is in, uh, addicted to pornography, this might be a bold stretch, but sit there with them in it. Like, honestly, like it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about them and what they're missing and see them as, as somebody broken who's been hurt by something or someone that they feel the need to have this filled and you as a spouse or a partner, whatever, have the ability to really empower your spouse by showing them love and be like, wow, like you saw me at my worst. You say you see me at my worst and you still love me. The enemy will not have a foothold. If you take that power from him, Mm. like we are, we are given the enemy way too much power pornography. So what? Do you overeat? Do you overindulge? Like, uh, don't get me, I, I could preach. But anyway, <laughs> it, it really is. Take away the ugly and scary. Open that closet. Let somebody into your dysfunction in a safe place, of course. But be okay to sit with people in their dysfunction wow. and walk through it. But yeah. dear God, don't go it alone. 
you, you, you know, be in your prayer closet. Absolutely. And I think that the, what you're touching on there is just such tangible things um, of how we reach and lean into God and then he works in these areas. And you know what's interesting because I, I always love it. We always say this is I love when there's studies out there that corroborate what we know in scripture already, right? And for instance, there was a study done where couples that report being unhappy, they followed them for five years. The ones that just decided, hey, we're going to stick it out. At the end of that five-year term, they reported being happy in their marriage. And what does that tell us? Yeah, you're right. Like the power the enemy has is probably more in that moment of saying, hey, you've lost it. It's gone. This relationship you think that you had, it doesn't matter anymore. It's not there no more. And then what God does is say, if you choose each other, if you make that commitment and lean into me, you know, he'll work in your marriage in a powerful way to the point where what you thought you could never come back from, you can. And your story is just epitomizes that. So I was curious, you know, I love hearing little encouraging moments, but you know, you're talking about you sat together in the muck of this, the mess of this. What were some of those moments where you saw the glimmer of hope? Like those, often we say, hey, if you just see 5% improvement, that gives you enough to keep going. What were some of those moments that you're like, hey, I'm starting to see some movement here and we can keep going? That's really good. Um, really good question. I think it, uh, there's a, there's a couple moments, but because for a long time, right. I, I didn't feel love. I, I, I was going through the motions. Um, but literally I came to the end of myself and I said, there was only two options. Either I w- either I just didn't want to live anymore, but I also didn't want to live in the, in the monotony of like, I didn't feel love worthy and all this. And I'm like, I can't live like this. And I said, okay, God, take, take everything, this brokenness, this life. I mean, anything, just take it. And if you can do something with it, then do it. And it wasn't an overnight, like I didn't uh, have an overnight uh, transformation but I did have a heart transplant when I came to the end of myself and I surrendered that it's this unexplainable peace or this moment where God lifted something off of me that, yeah, I had a hard road ahead, but I chose to do it. And I chose to make the tough choices. And uh, even in that, I remember uh, when like, cause I still had control. He still had control of my social media accounts and whatever. And I remember this one time when our phones, just this weird, bizarre thing where our phones were like sending each other's messages to each other. And it was just like, I don't even, I don't even understand it, but it was the first time that I realized that I had nothing to hide well, mm-hmm. and that I was so proud of it. Yeah. And so that like that moment where, like I was, a, I was a little embarrassed to come and want to share my little victory with Vaughn, right. right? Like, oh yeah, honey, yay! I, you know, I didn't cheat on you today. Or I didn't have, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it just, uh, or, or you know, yeah. like, um, I didn't have anything to hide. Like, well, yeah. you shouldn't have anything to hide anyway. Well, that's not the point, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's those little victories. And how did I start coming out of it? It was really the the way that you surrender. And will you ever mess up again? Yes. Will you have those bad thoughts? Yes. But they, I'll, I'll say it this way. Cause some people, and you probably understand this as well. Some people actually get offended when you say that you will never like do that again, or you will never be unfaithful again. Like heaven forbid, if I have to live my life in fear now, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't cheat on my husband today. Oh, 
right? Like if I had that, that conversation with Vaughn today, he'd be like, what? You know, whereas when you first start out, that, that journey out of that is that scary. You don't know if you can make it. You don't know. But the thing is, you can't do it in your own strength. And that is why when we talk about where I am right now, uh, people get uncomfortable because they don't know true freedom. They don't know true freedom and neither did I. That's why I didn't think that I was going to be able to make it. So the, the point is, is how was that God started showing me that with his strength that I could. Um, and uh, that, that scripture, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast about my infidelity because why? Not about the infidelity of the act in itself, but it shows God's glory and power exactly. through my weakness all the more. And that is what the world can't give you that freedom. The world can't give you that, but Christ can. And if you're stuck in an addiction, don't buy the lie that there's no freedom. Yeah. Yeah, man. One of the messages in my life this year since probably the spring was was just in Ephesians 5 where it says that, that to walk in the light, you expose darkness and God illuminates mm-hmm. the darkness. And then it says that what that what, what was darkness now is light. And then it says in scripture to shine your light before men. And, and so it's like whatever it was our darkness, let the grace of God come on that and then talk about it. And you do that so well with your with your story of infidelity where you're like, man, I'll boast about my infidelity. Who says that? Yeah. Only people that have a revelation of grace and, and who actually practically live and know that grace. I think it's so cool. There's there's so many thoughts that I have just about Vaughn. Uh, what a champion of a husband he is. I remember in a, in a video that I saw where you're telling your story, you said, I think you said the words, uh, Vaughn was Jesus with skin on. It's just so cool. I love those words. I, I, I probably saw it four years ago and it just stood out to me. And now we're kind of hearing like he really was that that representation of Christ. And I love that you're talking about what he did, not as the person, like you're not saying like, hey, this is what you do when when or this is what I did when my spouse cheated. You're going like, no, I was a recipient of my spouse doing that. And you're, and so for spouses out there who are hearing this, who are hurting or who are, you know, feeling the brokenness of their spouse's betrayal, you're, we're now seeing Vian as the recipient of what happens when we are Jesus with skin on to our spouse. And we're not going to do it perfectly. I don't know if Vaughn did it perfectly. It was probably pretty close, but it's so cool that you're saying this as the one who is on the receiving end. And we can see that transformation. Um, there was something that you said earlier where you, where you said there was no way that you were going to be on this, on a, on a, on a pageant stage in your wheelchair. And now you're Miss Wheelchair Canada, the first one ever. I know it was a couple of years ago, but, but how did the Lord help you change that image of yourself from, from having no value, thinking like, no, I, I'm probably not going to stay faithful the rest of my life. I probably will stay stuck in, in, in my sin. But now you're where you're at. How did that change? Uh, so many directions. It's like a kid in the candy store. Where do I begin? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So like if you, if you look at my book cover, um, if you don't know, if people are watching, Contagious Courage, I have my hands raised way high and um one of my hands are actually um a little gimpy like that all the fingers some of the fingers are curled up and whatever and and so i realize that that's just one little thing that i did not want people to see mm. and 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 so my transformation started when i took off the mask and allowed people to see me and and that started with physically uh, because you see people, it doesn't matter if they're walking or in a wheelchair, you can see victim on them. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking about. So yeah. I would be in church and I would like literally put my hand that I didn't want people to see under my leg and just raise one hand. Mm. Right. Uh, and God really started convicting me when I started to want to have a relationship with him because I, you, you know, me. anybody knows me, I'm loud and I'm proud. And I want to be like, as high as I can go, awesome. I can stand on my toes, I would. And so, well, first of all, when I started uh, raising my hands in church, I would like hold a Kleenex and then be like, right. Cause that right. was, you know, cause I could crinkle my fingers around the Kleenex. But when I started to, well, God actually first impressed on my heart. He said, Vian, he said, it's great that you can give me the things that you like about yourself. Wow. But he said, I want to see all of you. Wow. I want, I want, I want to, I want to take the things that you're not proud of. And so another huge message that I have for people is stop hiding behind these filtered truths. Mm. We show the world our best side and we're all walking around with these masks on and nobody truly knows I just think when you talk about Miss Wheelchair Canada, author, you know, I'm a founder of a nonprofit organization and I'm like, man, I get intimidated by my own title. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you some things about me that you don't know. I'm a terrible speller. I, I don't always say the right thing. And like the English language, there's so many different ways. There's two, there's T-O and there's T-W-O and Wendy, like all those things, right? And like, if I started to like just focus on all the things that I'm not, I would never become an author. I would never be able to have a voice to share with you because you don't want to hear me if I think I got everything all together and not allowing you to see my weakness. Mm -hmm. And it's truly is allowing people to see you and, uh, and that it's okay. Right. That's the strength of our weakness. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that journey for me, of being able to go from not wanting to be seen in the chair. And I go through um, it all in my book, uh, but there's three key points uh, that I won't unpack now, but one is finding another way. I was stuck behind the way that I was doing it before. I am not gonna drive unless I can drive with my feet. I'm not gonna love that person and they can do this. I'm not gonna do this until this. Well, if you don't find another way to embrace that new reality that you have. I'm in a wheelchair, that wasn't gonna change. So the, the way that I viewed myself and my situation had to change. So viewing myself differently, finding another way and, and just embracing all those things about me and, um, and loving myself as me. And now I'm like this confidently imperfect person mm-hmm. who's like, you know what, this is the way it is. Right. And wow. it's all glory to God, right? It absolutely is. As I'm hearing your story, that's what I hear. That's so rich, um, kind of a fabric thread through your your story. And, you know, often I, I think that as people, it's so exhausting try to outperform our stuff, right? Our, the junk that we hide behind our closet doors. It's really exhausting. You don't feel free. You feel alone. And you're really afraid. You live in fear of having people find you out. But hearing your story, you've you've kind of lived on both angles of that, right? Where you felt like that. And then now you're living free. And I love hearing people describe that transformation because it's powerful. Share a little bit about kind of the two different mindsets. One of, of trying to put on the mask and, and, and build this, this version of yourself versus being fully free to live out of who God created you to be. And then he gets the glory through us. Like, I mean, everything, you know, because we're, we're just lay it bare. And the light of that is just shone forth in, in our lives. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's, that's a really good question. 
oh, um, I was a person with a disability now, right? So I didn't want to be seen as a victim. I didn't want, and, and, and even as a Christian who's struggling like hugely on the inside, but I kept pushing it down. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And that is what actually started me down that path uh, because I wasn't honest with myself and I, I had this mask on that everything's okay, you know, push it down. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. And so when I finally was able to see that, like, well, like most of us these days, we don't allow people to be safe places to talk to. And like, really, until there is a huge problem, people don't talk. And that's a problem. Mm. Um, and so I stumbled into that. In That's the way that I stumbled into it. But now I look at my, my freedom and I actually really, okay, so I will tell you something about my personality. When I was growing up, I, I, I would always have like, this heedless mindset, like uh, not really understanding the seriousness of a situation I was in or whatever, and it would get me in trouble sometimes or whatever, right? And and there was some things about my personality that I just I just couldn't understand. And now as a speaker and being out in the public eye, I I still have those things about me. I'm still sometimes a little heedless. I still sometimes don't, you know, get it right. But I'm like, God, you're so funny. Like you created me this way. Like I'm not going to get smarter as the platforms grow bigger. Like, I mean, you do, like, I'm not saying that I'm not disparaging myself, but I'm saying that I realize that God made me this way. And it doesn't matter, like even coming into this, right? Like, oh, you know, what am I going to say? Am I going to say it the right way? And all these things. And to be honest, you guys, if we can truly grasp that if you can truly just be you and allow God to shine through you, it doesn't matter what that looks like. It really doesn't. All you have to do is show up and say, God, I'm here and allow God to truly shine through you and take off that mask. I don't know if I've answered the question correctly yeah. or not, but I just really do. Me, I still had all those insecurities, but until I was able to let God use them, I realized, wait a minute, it's because of my imperfection or because of the crap that I've been through, it shines a huge light on the fact that you can't talk about it, it shines a huge light on the fact that I'm broken now because I'm a person with a disability and that I can't be used of God. It, it, and, and it takes away literally the millions of excuses of people that would say, I can't do this because, mm. and, and I've, and the only reason I say that because I'm the poster child for saying, I can't, I can't do this and I can't do that. And for, for heaven's sakes, the doctors told me I couldn't, right? <laughs> And so when I started doing things that the doctors told me I couldn't do or feeling something that I never thought I could do, I'm like, okay, God, okay, if we could do that together, what else can we do? Because if you look, if you, the problem is we stay focused on our strength. Guys, there's more strength available to us than we even realize that's our inheritance. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to preach again. <laughs> but I know that's a little long-winded, but I'm newfie, so you'll forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so good, man. Oh, man, I feel like we could talk to you for three hours, Vian. Easily, so, easily. <laughs> so good and so rich, and I'm sure people listening would want that too. So where can people find you? I know you've got your books, Going Farther and Contagious Courage, that people can pick up. Where can they find them, and where can they find you? 
Yes, well, I'm on Amazon. If you uh, go on Amazon, uh, Going Farther and uh, Contagious Courage is on there. But if you want it all in a nice little package, go to goingfarther.org. And that's F-A-R-T-H-E-R.org. And, uh, you know, all my social media channels is just uh, at VNK. Amazing. You got a little Christmas gift? I know it's uh, first week of December right now. So you got a little Christmas gift for Christmas coming up? I do. I do. And hopefully it'll be on Amazon very, very soon. But reach out to me because I have uh, 31 courageous quotes, uh, one for each day of the month taken from my book, Contagious Courage. And, uh, you know, give the gift the gift of courage this Christmas or whenever, you know, just that little uh, shot of courage for your day. So Mm. I think that's a really great stocking stuffer for a loved one. You should pick that up. Yeah, I'm going to look into that too. Thanks, Vian, for sharing that. And everything that you've shared, we just so appreciate you. We thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us. I really believe this is going to be an encouraging thing for the people listening, and it is for us too. So, you know, thank you so much. And um, is there any last words you want to have for our listeners? You know, if uh, anyone listening gets nothing else from uh, today, I pray that you start to see yourself as God sees you. I pray that you start to know you are worthy, believe you are loved, and believe that you are enough and that you can be free. And don't buy the lie that you're not enough. God can do miraculous things. And if you're broken, great. Light shines through broken pieces all the more. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.